0: like to see things that like haven't been done when i can take risks and then i know that i'm expressing myself i i never went in on the song so many times I, you know, I listen to everybody i listen to all kind of music
1: the truth is in the
0: room uh, this is public pulse Vibes. Uh, We are here continuing our top 30 list of all of the decades. We just finished our 60s. We are now on to our first half of our 70s. I'm very excited. I love this decade of music. Um, Follow us on Public Pulse Vibes on Instagram. A lot of people have been hitting us up. Hey, is this song on there? Is that song on there? Hey, this is my favorite song of the 60s or the 70s. Are you going to have it in there? Well, no, because we already spent 10,000 hours listening to music over the last two years, who are those people who have been doing that? Well, myself and me and TMK, alongside with my co-hosts, Lil Tanky that could key to the muscle. We here for the 70s. What do you got to say?
2: Man, look, I'ma say this, right? As the only motherfucker in this podcast associated with this podcast, that was actually alive in the 70s. <laughs> oh wow. Gen X. But you look so young. That's true. It's a problem. Fight the feelings. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? It's wild to me because I grew up my whole life, motherfuckers talking about the 70s suck. The 70s, the worst music, worst decade ever. And I'm like, what the fuck? Wow. Like, going back now after all of the thousands of hours we put in this project and listening, bro, Lucy, you got some explaining to, to do. You
0: got some That's to that's, do. That seems to me all cap. That's a capathon because the 70s is fire. Now, maybe it's the nostalgia, the classicness of the 60s or something like that, that made like this become uh, a, a topic or a, a, a subject in the, in, in the subculture. I'm not sure, uh, but that is all cap. Uh, Muscle, you got any thoughts about the 70s before we get this list popping?
3: Gosh, I sh- the 70s is fun music. Everybody's having a great, fabulous time, and I'm here for it. Of course, you know, our top 30s are going to have some somber, melancholic songs, but for the most part, the vibe I got from the 70s is have a fucking great time.
0: That is a fact. Uh, Any more thoughts before we get into our number 30 song?
2: Let's
1: do it. Let's get it. Number 30, The Spy, The Doors, 1970.
0: All right, so this song is from the legendary album Morrison Hotel. We have an alert. Okay, this is a Uh, decade hopper alert. We also saw The Doors in the 60s, but here they are in the 70s with uh, The Spy. Morrison Hotel released February 9th, 1970 on Elektra Records. Um, The previous album, The Soft Parade in 69, they're returning to their blues rock style. This album was largely seen as a return to form for the band. You know, they uh, recorded an album. It's divided into two separately titled sides named Hard Rock Cafe and Morrison Hotel. Uh, Session bassists included the blues rock pioneer Lonnie Mack and Ray Neapolitan, who were featured on the album song. Any thoughts on I'm a
2: spy? Man, that song is fucking balls out. My question is this, man. Has there ever been a rock star? Right, with as much oh, at least a white male rock star with as much sex appeal as fucking Jim Morrison, man.
3: Sex appeal, which is funny because he said um, Morrison's intense but troubled relationship with his longtime girlfriend is what inspired the spy <laughs> and Queen of the Highway. <laughs>
0: Well, women's is the real pimps, you know, as you know, so even even uh, one of the sexiest, um, you know, drippiest uh, white dudes of our time, Jim Morrison, uh, maybe couldn't hold back. Being sexy
2: ain't no inoculation against heartbreak. I'm here to tell you as a very sexy Mm -hmm. man working my way through
3: also the intensity of being known with just this. I know your deepest secret fears like. I know I don't want anybody to know me like that
1: secret fears
0: <laughs> 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 Yeah this song uh, reached number 4 on the Billboard Top 200 Is that the guitar like the bang
2: bang 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 that shit nah, nah, nah. is fucking fire man
1: Number 29 Spooky Dusty Springfield 1970
0: uh, how did you guys come to this song? Because y'all brought me to this song. How did you come to this
2: song, Spooky, by Dusty Springfield?
3: Tanky, uh, look, we're not, I'm Tanky introduced me to most of the 70s songs.
2: This song I had heard, you know, mostly like in commercials, playing and passing. This song is older than me. You know what I'm saying? I actually thought this song was a 60s song. You know what I'm saying? It was originally on my 60s list. Then we came back. I believe the crack team was like, yo, man, you want crack. This shit is the 70s. So I had to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, move it to the 70s. Um, but the first time I really took note of this song was actually in a Guy Ritchie movie.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, so there and that's what I wanted to say. Bam,
2: bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. What? There's
0: just something about like Dusty's voice that lends itself to movies. Uh, she also does Son of a Preacher Man you may have heard of that song also in Pulp Fiction Um, also she did a song um, The Look of Love with a Burke Bacharach Uh, didn't make our list actually (laughs) (laughs) and that's in um, uh, the James Bond film Casino Royale Uh, so uh, as you can see Dusty Springfield just lending herself her voice her songs her music to these vibes these particular heist movies or or spy movies uh, where you know gangsta movies wag the
2: fuck out, man. Hell yeah. I mean, what a unique voice, man. Like, you know, and again, it's just important to acknowledge. Look, I'm not trying to knock new technology, but in the analog era, it's all on you. It's mostly on you. The producer can't do much other than say, yo, let me get another take. I wasn't really feeling that. Uh, can you go an octave up? Uh, octave up? Can you go an octave down? You know what I'm saying? Like- Nowadays, you know motherfuckers can do whatever, man. You can auto-tune that shit, mix it, reverb that shit, triple track that shit, do whatever you need to, man. That none of that's happening with her.
0: It's all her. That's a fact. That's a fact. It's, it's got that real light kind of jazzy upbeat tempo. Um I really like it. I really enjoyed it. I love uh she got some other hits out there, but this is the one that we picked for the 70s. Like you said, we thought it was in the 60s.
1: Number 28, Summer Madness, Cool in the Gang. 1974.
0: Okay, so Summer Madness, this is cool in the gang. Uh, It's an instrumental, so we have an alert. It's an instrumental alert. I believe this is the first instrumental we have in here. We talk about this all the time. The current musical like aesthetic is to fill songs with words, fill them with lyrics. But this song is our first, I believe, out of both decades, 60s and this one here, that is just an instrumental. It actually reached 35 on the Billboard Top 100. Um, It's been in tons of movies. It was in Rocky. uh, It was in Baby Boy. It's been in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. You got served. It was in a LeBron James commercial, Hit and (laughs) Run, Last Chance.
3: Which is funny, though, because Cool um, and the Gang didn't know it was in the Rocky movie, so they were in the theater wildin' because they were like, nigga, what?
0: Are you serious?
3: <laughs> uh, Lucy, you got some <laughs>
0: splainin'
3: to do. <clears throat> of course,
2: uh, I have an alert. It is a cover. This song comes back to be one of the most successful. Will, I might smack your ass if you open your motherfucking mouth about my woman, Smith. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, man, man, like, I just keep it real. Maybe his biggest hit. Uh, they say uh, Jay-Z Ghost wrote it for him, you know, because Will wasn't writing none of his shit. You know, and we talk about Drake, man, but really Will might have been the first yeah. dude who was really a big time rapper who wasn't questionable pen, questionable pen. But Summertime is it's maybe his best track ever. And it lives and dies off the strength of the 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 sample that we get from Cool and the Gang. I mean it's just a hell of a fucking song,
0: man. And lots of samples I forgot to mention of all those great movies, great commercials, uh documentaries also was on Nickelodeon's hit TV series Hey Arnold's, okay? <laughs> season 1 and season 2. Oh, also Tony Hawk Project 8 soundtrack. We we Tony Hawk fans, right? We skate fans. Yes. Hey, yeah. So uh this song been used
1: everywhere. Number 27. Grinding Halt, The Cure, 1979
0: all right I have an alert this is the first of all this is a decade hopper alert we're gonna see the cure in the 80s absolutely positively for sure but this is also a punk alert this I believe is our only punk song we have put on our decade list So the punk fans out there we get a, we get a song for you we did it for you we did because it because we love you uh, I know the cure is probably I don't know maybe if you were to take a band one band, Maybe it could be Lil' Tanky's number one, but this year in the 70s, a little bit before they get into the heartbreak, um, you know, kind of uh, sound that they got into the
2: 80s, giving us a little punk with Grinding halt. Thoughts on this song? I mean, I would say immediately what blows me away is how experimental and different it is. Like you might think you know the cure, you don't know the cure in the fucking 70s, man. Yeah. You
3: know, it's so funny because when we were downstairs and I think I was like prepping dinner in the kitchen or something and then it came on and I came out to say, who is this? And they told me the cure. And I was like, no, it's not. Don't lie to me.
0: <laughs> That's just to show you how, uh, you know, how they evolved and how they move forward. But, um, you know, grinding hall, it's talking about, you know. All these cars, all this commotion, all the things that are going on in the world. But if there's no people, everything's coming to a grinding halt. So you're also seeing a political message in here. Um, and I really I really dig it, man. I'm not a big punk fan. A lot of people have hit me up on Public Pulse Vibes on the gram. So follow us on the gram uh, and tell, and you know, and they always are saying, oh, there's no punk songs. You guys aren't into punk. They're sending me punk
2: songs. So we're learning, we're growing. Nah, I reject that shit. I was a metal kid and a hip hop kid. That punk shit really didn't reach me. But this shit is wild, man. And, and again, the thing about Robert Smith is I learned so much about my fucking masculinity from this dude. You know what I'm saying? A motherfucker that gave me a dude from the motherfucking hood. You know what I'm saying? A motherfucker that lived in multiple cities. It was the murder capital of the world where motherfucking homies did a go and get your ass. You know what I'm saying? But a dude that can sit down and talk about the ways that he experiences hurt. You know, the ways that he has contributed to hurt. You know, I mean, I just never seen nobody write on that kind of level. I mean, he the god of sad boys, man.
1: Number 26. Strawberry Letter 23. The Brothers Johnson, 1977.
0: All right, boom. So I just want to talk a little bit about this song because Lil Tank, you put me up on this song. So uh, guitar prodigy, uh, Shuggy Otis, okay, uh, on this, he said uh, he wrote this um, for uh, a girlfriend describing his feelings evoked in Strawberry Letter 22. So this is where Strawberry Letter 23. uh, It's commonly believed uh, that his girlfriend wrote him uh, on Strawberry scented paper, but that's actually cap, even though I kind of wish it was true. Um, You know, uh, what uh, Shuggie was saying is what I pictured when I was writing the song was a girl handing a guy a pink envelope. He explained a love letter. The guy and the girl had written each other 22 letters so far. So the 23rd one, uh, this is what the song is about. He added the brother Johnson put out a single of the song and it was colored red and they made it smell like strawberry. song. Nice. maybe if you didn't know that. Uh, any thoughts on this uh, pretty fun, pretty cool song uh, that uh, I think we all resonated with?
3: Yeah, yeah, we do. And I like it because the Brothers Johnson weren't like, this is exactly what it means. It was for my girlfriend. You know, when they did the interviews, they were like, look, it's on everyone to put their own interpretation on the lyrics and the music. Strawberry Letter
2: 23 was the first song I remember being my favorite song. Right. I was a little kid
3: oh my gosh can you imagine three year old not, tanky ooh, that ass ooh. man oh,
2: was not even in <laughs> kindergarten candy. when I heard this shit and I was just instantly transfixed by the the bells you know in it and just you know come to late, come to later understand first off I, I love the romantic element of it you know the song starts hello my love I mean what the fuck yeah. man already you hello, know putting my you love. man yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying like so you already kind of sized the fuck up but then, like from a technical point of view Again as a metal kid You know what I'm saying It was so much I mean the Brothers Johnson Are, are considered the ones That made slap bass famous So all you motherfuckers Out there listening To fucking Les Claypool Which hello You know the crew, me, um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, all of that shit is really coming from this, and this is what's so funny to me when, when we talk about the inherent racism of the music industry. If you talk about slap bass right now, your first, the first thing the average motherfucker is gonna say is Les Claypool, or or bass, you know, coming from from, you know, like corn, you know, Fieldy, you know what I'm saying? Like, that kind of metal shit, but all of that shit started, has a roots in fucking 70s black funk. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you just, you just can't escape the black footprint of, of music in America.
0: That's a fact. This was actually nominated for a Grammy, but it lost to a band called the Starland Vocal Band. Have you ever heard of them? No. They're so important <laughs> in music. <laughs> they have the song, Afternoon Delight. Well, you don't think the, the Grammys are mm. a, a valid uh, mm. representation on how to judge music? No, mm.
1: no thoughts. <laughs> Number 25. I'm yours, Prince. 1978. Mama de manis. Okay, so this is the first time
0: we're going to be seeing this person you may I'm going to just go ahead and say right now, this is a decade hopper. We are going to see Prince and uh, possibly Prince and the revolution throughout uh, uh, may, maybe popping up again in the 70s, but certainly in the 80s. Uh, I just wanted to say, okay, Prince drops this album in 1978 when he is 19 years old. This was recorded when he was 18. He is already, at this time possibly, the greatest guitar player in the world. Uh, this The, the, the rift on this thing is crazy. Uh, this song is amazing. Any thoughts right here on I'm Yours by uh, Prince?
3: Iconic.
2: I mean, yeah, that's the word, right? I mean, it's wild to me because most people go to Purple Rain for his best guitar work. When it, it, It's a strong argument for for I'm Yours, for Bambi, you know, the work that he's doing in the 70s. What blows my mind the most about Prince, right? You got motherfuckers out there chasing these 360 deals and getting a fucking penny, man, just to get on. But by this time, Prince had already turned down three deals. Motherfuckers run into the Dragon deal. He's like, nah. I'm going to need a bigger dragon, though.
3: Just to recognize his talent in all this. And and yeah, of course, that's why Prince is a decade hopper, because he is just truly a magnificent musician. So talented.
0: Yeah, actually, he actually records this in 1976, which makes him 17 um, while he's in uh, Minneapolis. So again, I mean, just the idea. and, And of course, Prince has he's going to his. Legacy is gonna ripple throughout music, not just in his catalogs, but of course his political stances, especially in the music industry. And I was just watching, actually, uh, a video. You can check it out on Public Pulse Vibes, of course, on Instagram. um Of Prince, like it was like a video of him when he was like 12 years old, speaking to a reporter uh, about like a protest he was having at his school. So again, just the the marriage of great musicians and uh, politics coming together. I think Prince is a, a great example of that. I think we might see him again. on our decade list and you're definitely going to see him sometime in the
1: 80s number 24 as stevie wonder 1976
0: okay so we have an alert this is a decade hopper we've seen stevie in the 60s this is a little different right now just a quick Little tidbit about this song. The guitar in here is played by the famous jazz musician and singer Herbie Hancock, a person that could have also easily made this list. Thoughts on ads by Stevie Wonder, y'all.
3: Look, it's the the classic. I know people remade the song. Who was it? George Michael and was it Mary J? Maybe. I don't even know. I think the I think Mary J covered the song, Um, but like I really love the Stevie Wonder version so much. It's just there's some look. I guess the '70s we were just like it's love songs. (laughs) <laughs> we should just be upfront about and that. deep
2: love. Deep, genuine love. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is one of the prettiest songs I've ever heard. Um, I Yo, you know, I think the most famous instance of this song, you know, talking about shit that'd be in movies, the moment in uh, The Best Man where, like, Tay Diggs is trying to fuck on uh, that fine-ass Nia Long. Oh, that's her trademark name. That fine-ass, <laughs> that fine-ass ass Nia Long. Nia Long. Factuality. And the shit is about to go down, and then the record skips. It's on it's like oh hey player you gotta play through man you gotta play through you know the chance to fuck that fine ass knee along comes but maybe once in a lifetime
3: <laughs>
1: number 23 money pig floyd 1973 Okay, so this is my band,
0: you know, if, if The Cure is, is like, you know, if you had to say Little Tanky, you know, becomes a band, maybe The Cure, I feel like Pink Floyd uh, would be my band, I would become this band, you know, when I walk through the room, it's always a good idea to play a little Pink Floyd. Uh, this one is Money, um, it's off the Dark Side of the Moon classic album, uh, written by Roger Waters, um, became the band's first hit in the United States. Um, has some unique time signatures and tape loops with the and you got the little cash register uh, Mm -hmm. on there, uh, a a conversation um, uh, about money and capitalism here in the 70s where you have a lot of um, political commentary. Thoughts on Pink Floyd and this song here, Money.
3: I mean, the whole album, The Dark Side of the Moon, was a best-selling album in the world for years. And I mean, like it... Was top 100 for like hundreds of weeks to the point that they estimate one in 12 people in the entire world own a copy of this album. <laughs> Are
2: you serious? It's fucking crazy, wow. man. I, I mean for me right what I love about it is there's nothing to simple about the song but some things today would be much simpler like all of the register ads and all of that shit like those atmospheric that's in the song it wouldn't be that difficult to do that today in in pro tools you know the musicianship still stands on its own the writing stands on its own but like again from an analog point of view putting all that shit together getting it sequenced just right you know i mean i, I really wonder if like my if motherfucker's coming in the studio with fucking cash registers <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, how do you record these songs? Mm.
0: Literally, it was a, I guess they recorded it in Roger Waters, like, garden shed. Wow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's why it kind of has, like, this uh, weird, like, all kind of weird time signatures and things like that. Uh, probably the you know the best uh, psychedelic rock band of all time, of course. That's just my humble yet incredibly informed opinion.
1: Number 22, Family Affair, Sly and the Family Stone. 1971. Uh, and, and this this band could have easily, easily made it into the 60s. He but he just
0: missed out. That's a fact. That's a fact. But we did get them in here. Sly and the Family Stone, uh, Family Affair. It's uh, a
2: family affair.
0: This actually is a off uh, an album called There's a Riot going on. Um, so, again, you're starting to see, you know, in the 70s, a lot of these artists that were in the 60s, you know, maybe have more feel-good music. In the 70s, they're taking... Taking more political stances um so you know uh sly and the family stone is actually kind of a tragic story they kind of fell off after this album after crushing the 60s and crushing the 70s uh, it was a huge hit it actually was their third number one song in america uh but the drummer Uh, and uh, the guitarist actually left soon after, and they never landed a big
2: hit. But this one right here, Family Affair, amazing track. What are y'all thoughts? I love it, man. I mean, when you talk about the heart of blackness, right, I mean, this is such a quintessential funk song. It's so groovy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I know that's kind of more like a 60s kind of word, but, like, ain't no other way to really say it. I mean, this shit slap, you know?
3: And it's laughed so much that it's been covered and sampled by so many people right there's versions by Tyrone Davis, Iggy Pop, Bunny Wailer, The Temptations, Stevie Wonder, um, even fucking Madonna I guess sampled the song oh, and all um, oh, whatever God. anyways um fuck her uh, <laughs> <That> <laughs> Janet Jackson sampled the song on her track mm. and on and on um for the B-side to her single Anytime Any Place so like John Legend, Joss Stone, Van Hunt it's it's a song that really just resonates with people
0: Yeah. Also, Mary J. had a song called Family Affair. Uh, I mean, it was a different song. It's not a cover, but um, it was inspired by this song. Also, interesting last little fact, uh, the song's rhythm was provided by a drum machine, making it one of the earliest hit records and the first number one single to use such a device. So now we're starting to see that digital era kind of come in. And this is one of the first songs that did it
1: number 21 sweet thing shaka khan and rufus 1975.
0: okay so we also have a alert we have an alert this is a decade hopper uh this is Rufus and Shaka Khan but we are gonna see Shaka Khan uh later Shaka wrote this song with Tony Maiden who was the guitarist in her band Rufus um she told Lashonda Barrett in I got Thunder black women songwriters and their crafts I'm sorry uh, I told all my boyfriends around that time that I was with them that they are the ones who inspired the song in fact I think Tony was my real boyfriend at the time uh
2: thoughts right here On uh, Shaka Khan. Hey, shout out to uh, hopefully ethical non-monogamy. Hopefully ethical Mm non-monogamy. But, yo, I got lots and lots and lots of love for uh, Shaka. I mean, she from Chicago. She was a fucking dead-ass real Black Panther. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, when you're talking about what politics look like, the political message coming from the artist, you know what I'm saying? Like, she really was a—she was ten toes deep into that shit. But the song— sweet thing right again it just go to that this what boys really want man for what you heard man you know we got to be tough for the fucking world man but with the person that you love people that you love you know you really want them to i mean that's sweet thing man be 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 gentle with me don't you know you're my everything everything.
1: ah man tell me that and i will fight wars for you baby number 20 When Love Is Gone, Rick James, 1979.
0: Okay, Bam, so when we talk about Mama, did that man
2: go. I know y'all didn't is... think. I know y'all <laughs> didn't think. He's going to get through the 70s and talk about funk and talk about black shit. Oof! And not have Rick James,
0: okay? Yeah. Rick
2: James, bitch. Uh,
0: I just, this is a little tidbit, and then we can get into more of the song exactly. Uh, so, so uh, Rick James formed a band called the Duprees, okay? At the same time, he joined uh, Naval Reserve to avoid the draft. As he and his group gained popularity and, more importantly, gigs, he started skipping out on these naval duties. And I just want to say I support that. Hell yeah. Uh, Stick it to the mic. That's a fact. Rick James was soon drafted, but guess what? He went to Canada, uh, so I'm here for draft dodging all the way. Um, during his stay in Canada, he formed another group, uh, the Manet Birds. Members included Neil Young, Bruce Palmer, oh, Goldie John, yeah, who would later join uh, a band that we had in the '60s, Steppenwolf. Okay, uh, the you know the the group would combine both folk and R&B. I mean, that's just to tell you how skilled Rick James was as a musician. Of course, we're going to hear a lot about, um, you know, his public life, his party lifestyle. But at the end of the day, this is a phenomenal song. He's a phenomenal musician. And uh, just the the guitar play and the wailing, I mean, whoa. I mean, this guy really was uh, an incredible musician, able to really maybe, tap into maybe, that spirituality.
2: Maybe one of the best bassists of all time. Yep. Definitely one of the top five bassists of the 70s. You know what I'm saying? Like, someone who was able to take funk, like, uh, it, to the masses without somehow watering it down, right? Without, uh, what, what's that phrase they like to use? Um, may, well, he went mainstream without turning pop, you know? Like, yeah. he he didn't take away from the appeal of it. I mean, it's just him, raw, now again, right? We talking about earlier, <laughs> fucking Jim Morrison's kind of sexuality, right? <laughs> that understated, I'm a I'm a Mac kind of, you know, I'm a brooding poet type dude, Rick James, you know, hundreds and women's in the house all the, all the time to the point where all the wild niggas is just blown away. I mean, <laughs> hey, look, if you don't know nothing about it, man, go look up. <laughs> oh, no. Go look up the Charlie, Charlie Murphy, Murphy Rick, Rick James escapades, man. If you really want to know how this motherfucker no. was out there living, man.
3: <laughs> wow, man. Okay, but he's living. But then the lyrics to this song, too, were like, now my love is gone, gone, gone. It's going to be hard to carry on. Look at me, baby. Haven't you ever seen a grown man cry?
2: Mm, Don't look funny, sugar. Black men don't feel no fucking pain. Watching
3: tears fall from his eyes. Yes, indeed. I cry. Sad
2: boy shit, man. Sad boy shit.
1: Number 19, Bambi, Prince, 1979. Content warning.
0: Well, okay, so I was looking this up. I was looking this up, actually. Content disclosure. Um, This song, okay, so Bambi, uh, the sixth uh, song, I'm sorry, the sixth track and fifth single off Prince's second album, uh, self-titled album, is a song about Prince falling for a woman who's in a relationship with another woman and he tries to change her mind. So uh,
2: that's- Keep in mind, he's 17 at the time. That's a fact. This song is incredibly beautiful, but I gotta tell you it's problematic as fuck. If this shit would've came out today, he would definitely be canceled. So if you don't want to fuck with it, I understand. But if you're trying to just engage on some music shit, Prince at his wildest, yeah, musically. Uh, you
0: know, that that high pitch that we know from Prince. I mean, this may be, in terms of a vocal performance, maybe his best solid uh, vocal performance, um, a song that I, I really love. And uh, again, uh, before its release as a single, Bambi was, was released as the B-side of um, Why You Wanna Treat Me So Bad, the album's second single two months later, it was included also on the B-side of Still Waiting. And the album's third single the following month was was released on the B-side of Sexy Dancer. So this song was being released and released and released and uh, people just loved it. And I totally
1: understand uh, why they do. Number 18, Fantasy, Earth, Wind and Fire, 1978.
0: Okay, so uh, let's let's talk a little bit about this. Um, Did they sneak into the '60s? They didn't. They they we we just, just missed. They just, just missed. missed. I mean, again, again, we had to make y'all, and and this is when everybody is like sending me things on the on the gram. Hey, what about this song? What about this song? You know how many cuts we had to make
2: Bruh. that literally pained me. To be like, ah, we're going to miss this one, but but are they really gone? They're just not going to be in our official list. Our official 30 list,
0: you know what I'm saying? But again, patreon.com slash public pulse. You can get you our can entire get the list if that's what you want. Uh, you know, many, many, uh, these playlists, we got over 100 songs for some of these. Uh, we must be talking about the Avatar. All right, <laughs> <Earth laughs> hey,
3: that's a, Wind! Really inspired! Fire. Earth, wind, and fire inspired avatar
2: That's correct. Yeah. Black people, see, uh, listen, man, black people inspired everything, okay?
0: So, just a little bit about this um, Fantasy is a showcase for EFW singer Philip Bailey, um, who could actually handle this very high vocal range the day he recorded his vocal. He actually got elbowed in the mouth playing basketball. So uh he did it with a loose tooth and a
2: busted lip. Holy fuck, man. I so, mean, these motherfuckers really was on another level though, right?
0: That's a fact. That's a fact. It makes me think of uh we were just talking about uh Prince and the you know the Dave Chappelle skits. You know, of course he had Rick James, but he also had one with Prince where Prince was playing basketball. Hey, at the end of the day, man, you know what's up, man. Hey, when you are from a certain area, all you do is hoop. So I I've definitely been there. I've definitely been elbowed, never lost a tooth or whatever, but uh, Pretty pretty cool that the, um, you know, that's a, a little tidbit right there. I am going to just have to take you to the hole. So the song
3: took three months to be composed, first of all, um, which, great. It takes as long as it takes. Everybody's creative process is different. But it was only finished after Maurice White saw and was inspired by the film Close Encounters of the Third Kind.
0: For real? <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um yeah, so fantasy Earth Wind and Fire 1978.
2: You ain't never seen no album cover until you open up one of them old Earth Wind and Fire
0: oh,
3: albums. I man. miss those album covers. This shit is crazy, they were man. So phenomenal.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm sitting there as a young, young and you know what I'm saying? They got fucking uh aliens and Egyptians and fucking pyramids and shit. You know, and then that weird motherfucker on the history channel is like this motherfucker spin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Aliens. These are the people that
2: built the pyramids. Um, we get it, bro. You like earth, wind, and fire,
0: man. Yeah, I, I, I never got to live the the vinyl life, unfortunately. But I do remember opening up a CD and having a little booklet in there. But I guess it's not the same. Also, I feel like there was way more raunchy stuff on albums back then. Like, now everything's oh, now yeah. like a little more
2: conservative. Especially the parliament shit, man.
0: Yeah. Everything's
3: way more conservative. People don't realize, like, how much the um, Christian right, honestly, Christian values in general have influenced how media is produced. Yo, that's a fact. I mean, the
0: parental advisories didn't come out to, like, the 90s, right? I, like, remember that when it was like, wait a minute, I can't go and just buy an album? Unfortunately.
3: Yeah, content disclosures are—even that can have racist elements. Because, oh, yeah, you want to make sure that no sex is there, but you can shoot people in, like, Grand Theft Auto and all of that shit.
1: Number 17, Have a Cigar, Pink Floyd, 1978.
0: So our second— Entry here from Pink Floyd, Have a Cigar. It's the third track on Pink Floyd's 1975 absolute psychedelic rock classic, Wish You Were Here. It follows a song you may see also early uh, again in our list, Welcome to the Machine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, come in here, dear boy, have a cigar, you're gonna go far. Just a commentary on... That commentary on how you come into the record industry. And even he got a line in here where he's like, uh, you know, hey, which one's pink?
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. They're, they're
0: yes. Pink, like, <laughs> so it's just that conversation about, remember, I always tell you, like, when you get into the industry, they're going to ask you. Are you willing to do whatever it
2: takes? Whatever the fuck it takes.
3: Yeah. And Roger Waters, which is why I find it interesting, because, of course, in our top 30, we talked about money. And Roger Waters feels that or kind of like frequently implies that this song is a follow up to money, which is about the hypocrisy and greed of the music industry. Because what the fuck are they making?
2: Right? They recording your album and they the fucking distributing it. These motherfuckers ain't the geniuses. These ain't the tortured motherfuckers getting broke up with and then you trying to process this shit, cause Lord knows artists can't afford fucking therapy half the time. We writing our shit, trying not to go full Fleetwood Mac, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like maybe seventy five percent Fleetwood Mac. You know what I'm saying? And so you writing all this shit out, you recording your shit, you telling your stories, you telling the political truth, and then here go this motherfucker and you begging for points on the package. Exactly. Yeah, I mean,
0: this was recorded in the Abbey Road studio. Okay, Abbey Road, right? That's like Beatles made that famous or whatever. Yeah,
2: well, but, <laughs>
0: but they made it good, though. <laughs> but they made it good. Again, just to say, hey, you know, again, yeah, we're not comparing the Beatles just to every single— Are we not comparing them to James Brown and Funkadelic. No, I mean, we're going to compare them right here to people who are recording in the same
2: studio as them. Pink Floyd, Have a Cigar. And again, I, again it's for y'all, man. If you feel like it's a Beatles song that could really see this shit, see us in the comments. Like, help me understand. I really need y'all to help me because I'm missing it. And I, I want y'all to help me. I promise I'm trying to get there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really I'm promising. You know what I'm, I'm not need? promising
0: anything.
1: Number 16. Mothership connection. Star Child Parliament 1975. What you gonna need? Probably a mothership.
2: Yes.
0: That shit's on another yes. planet, man.
1: You didn't, you
0: didn't even think we was going to go through a list without getting Parliament on Fuck here. Fuck out of here. Hell
2: no. Mothership Connection, Star Child. the greatest rock band in the history of a fucking America, perhaps.
3: Oh, and in fact, it was. I don't think that's a perhaps. In fact, the Library of Congress added the Mothership Connection, the album that this song is on, to the National Recording Registry, declaring the album has had an enormous influence on jazz, rock, and dance music. We
2: have to protect this album as a matter of national fucking security. Thank you. <laughs> Thank bet. you very much. Um, yeah, uh,
0: this this a couple little tidbits. This song introduces uh, George Clinton's uh messianic alien alter ego star child for the star first child. time. Uh, the lyrics, uh, swing down, sweet chariot, stop and let me ride. Come back later on to Chronic. and yeah, that's a fact. Um, it was popularized in the 40s, actually, by the Golden Gate Quartet and later recorded by Elvis Whackass Presley. Mm. Again, we're talking about the Beatles. Elvis wha- Elvis didn't make any of our uh, lists. Uh, you know, surprising mm. enough. Uh, but yeah, like you said, uh, let me ride on the Dr. Dre album. Uh, I mean, funk is just, I mean. this is talking about <laughs>
2: swing down to <at> Jerry's house. <laughs> Don't you swing down to motherfucking <laughs> Easy's house. You such a... Scary nigga, man. And just as a, we're all gamers too, you know. So this song is featured
0: uh, in uh, Grand Theft Auto Five as well uh, in a fictional M game uh, radio station, Space Space One Hundred Three Point Two. So a clearly uh, showing some love to George Clinton, Mothership Connection, Star Child by Parliament. Uh,
2: any any more thoughts? This has been the Bottom Fifteen.
3: Oh man, and it's an adventure
2: we got 15 more coming y'all and you not fucking ready man Uh, I hope that y'all go and and you take a listen to these songs
0: Uh, add them to your playlist I noticed something really important for me as I go through the pandemic and we all go through our ups and downs we're oscillating through depression and mania and all these other things you know get you some good playlists man they really do put me in a better place uh, when I'm like 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 I said we're oscillating through these emotional times so uh, go back listen I know that I was a but remember when we started this? I was like, I hey, really only listen to
3: new music. I yeah, gotta find all mm. the newest music. Before we started this, sir, before we that's started right. this, very millennial shit, man. TMK you was know, firmly Z on shit. the stance. And if the song was too old, and by that, that's like two to three years, to he three was years. over it. What is the relevance of this song? It no longer has <laughs> contemporary
0: relevance. I love how you're gaining this, like, little
2: persona that's the Frieza accent, you know what I'm saying? I will not listen to you, monkey.
0: Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, not in fact, this is uh, just the the first of our 70s list. Um, Public Pulse vibes on Instagram. Public Pulse on Patreon. Hit us up. Give us a little something. Uh, You know, we are also, of course, still involved in our politics, you know, but we did want to take a little bit of a break and just dive into the music we've been working on this project for a long time uh, i am amin music tmk is political. music is political absolutely music is political and uh you know art in general is a great catalyst uh for for revolutionary ideologies and um you know all that good stuff i mean
2: tmk any final thoughts from you little tanky yo i already know man i hey, look we got that 15 coming for y'all real fucking soon very soon
0: uh muscle any final words
3: yeah, listen to music. Have fun. Thanks, y'all.
0: Uh yeah, public pulse vibes on Instagram. My name is Amin TMK, little tanky that could, key to the muscle, and we are out.
2: Look at Oh my bad man. Like I just keep it real.
3: Fuck Elvis. Uh- but for the most part, the vibe I got from the 70s is have a fucking great time.